welcome back to the NES experience. Thanks for tuning back in and make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. Also, leave us a review if you'd like. Apparently, that is more important than liking and subscribing to the podcast. So leave a review if you feel so inclined. Uh, This episode of the podcast, we're going to be focusing mainly on concussions. But before we get to that and some relevant stuff with uh, Tua and concussions, Ned has been going through some remodeling in a few places in his life. They have taken the paper towels out of the new gym, and you're also remodeling your kitchen. So would you like to shed a little light on those renovations? Uh, Yeah, I don't want to talk about the ones from work, but if you could imagine this, the toilet's clogged again. If you could imagine what item was put into the toilet, of course it was fucking paper towels. I don't understand... What's wrong with these people? Their parents need to parent them. We're talking about the 1%. It was one little shit who does clearly doesn't understand the value of a dollar. Clearly doesn't understand. Once again, we go back to Mila and Lexi, six and eight. Oh, no, we wouldn't. You should never do that. So I don't know who it is. They're never going to own up to it. But this is the second time in 30 days. Absolutely ridiculous. So, yes, we are now no paper towels. So we have no paper towels. So what people can do now is they can shake their hands dry. They can wipe them on their pants. I'm not getting one of those stupid bullshit blow machines. That shit doesn't work. You sit there and waste two minutes of your life trying to blow all the water off your hands. It's blowing all over your legs. And you think you're done. The thing turns off. And what do you got? Wet hands. And then you have to dry them on your pants anyways. So I'm, I'm not getting the little blow dryer thing. Clearly, I can't have paper towels. So I don't know if I'll put a dish rag out. Uh, They can figure it out. But we are on a paper towel freeze here at NES. But that's not my, that's not the original. That's not why I'm, (laughs) what I'm talking about right now. Uh, But yes, we're remodeling the kitchen. So try remodeling a kitchen with uh, two little girls and a 10-month-old dog that, on his hobbies, on his resume, include eating nails, screws, uh, and anything else that can just completely destroy his intestines. Matter of fact, I'm looking over right now, and he just grabbed something to pull to his bed. What is that? That is Mila's sock. You can go ahead and destroy that. Anyways, so we're remodeling the kitchen, uh, turning the whole house out upside down. It's a general mess. Um, so of course I do all the cooking in the house. I do all the grocery shopping in the house. So this would affect me the most. Uh, so basically I had to figure out dinner tonight. We went with the tortellini cheese tortellini. Sounds great. Uh, watermelon and avocado. So if you look at the spectrum of how bad it could be at our house right now, everybody could be eating out of box bag or can which if I was not here, there would hold, there would be a bunch of box bagger canning going on. I still have to try and pull it together, come through in the clutch and deliver uh, generally healthy-ish type uh, meals. So uh, we go through, I make everything and we serve it. They, uh, they loved it. So I went through, I had the same meal 
and obviously it was good. No, it wasn't whole wheat tortellini, but uh, we did throw in some uh, one of the wonder fruits, watermelon. It's one of the best fruits you can have. Ignore the glycemic index. And avocado, which is a superfood, uh, omega-3, omega-6 fatty acid speeds up recovery. One of the best things you could ever eat. If you need to gain weight, eat avocado. If you need to lose weight, avocado. So everything was put together pretty well, and the kids slammed it, which when Mila smacks her lips when she eats, that means that I'm good. And then Lexi lets me know if she likes it or not, because she'll say how great it is 10 times. So Mila, Mila smacked her lips. Lexi, uh, you know told me it was great. Everything is good. I eat the dinner and then got up, cleaned everything up. And then about 30 minutes after that, and I want a candy bar. So basically what was happening in my body chemically was I took in all those fast absorbing high glycemic carbs. There was no protein in the meal, which is the big problem, uh, which basically sent my blood sugar levels through the roof then they crashed. So when the insulin levels plummeted, uh, Ned then had to get in the car because I don't keep any bad shit in the house. So I had to get in the car, drive over to CVS and buy candy bars to, and sugar to raise my energy levels. Um, and that's why that's the problem. And not the carbs are bad, but with this specific meal, a thing that I drive home to a lot of my athletes, especially ones who are trying to get lean or lose weight, is mixing, making sure you're mixing protein with your carbs to slow the absorption of the carb down. It is one of the most important things to do uh, in order to help maintain weight and keeping blood sugar levels steady. So I'm not a 100% glycemic index guy. I'm sure you've heard of the glycemic index, but there is enough research to support that slow absorbing carbohydrates are going to help keep at, at steady energy levels and generally will process um, slower. And there's the, the actual food the, that you eat carb wise that's bad. And but it's it's after that. So my problem wasn't the 250 calories. I mean, I'm 275 pounds. 250, 300 calories to me. I'm, it's not even a warm up. So, but the problem wasn't the carb. The problem was how it absorbs and what happens after you eat it. You crave more carbs. That's why when you have cheese pizza, you bang out, you know, depending on who you are, two to six slices. And then a couple hours later, you hit it again. A couple hours later, you hit it again. It's that fast absorbing carbs, especially without the protein that messes with your insulin levels that makes you crave crave carbs. It's the repeated bouts of these caused initially by, you know, the, the insulin level debauchery that occurs when you take in just one singular carb. So what's the takeaway? If I would have had chit now, you're like, Ned, why would, would yeah, I can't, I don't want to make chicken because I'm on my cutting board. I need my seasonings. I need my, my knife sharpener. Uh, I, I, I need, I don't have all my shit. So it's proteins, which is another reason why people don't eat proteins is because they, it requires, it's a process. It typically needs to be refrigerated um, or cleaned or put away, cooked, seasoned. Um, it's just more of a process. So because the, my game of life changed, um, 
for me, I was like, I'm not, they're not getting the, the dead, uh, super deluxe dinners. They're going to get something that's not out of a box bag or can. Um, and then they only eat a little bit anyways. And then they're like, I want a snack. I want dessert. I want a snack, dessert, snack. And then all the way up until they go to bed. So, um, that's what I wanted to throw out there at you. And that's part of the reason why mixing protein in with your carbs at all your main meals is very important and having those elevated protein levels because it slows down the absorption of the carbs. It fills your stomach up and you're less likely. The candy bars are my problem. Six, fun size. I couldn't even get all the Halloween candy because we can't bring Halloween candy until the day before Halloween in this house, mostly because of me. So I was like, I can't, I was like, I'll just buy all the Halloween candy now. I'm like, no, because I'm going to smash all that shit because I have no self-control. So I bought a little six pack of fun size, smashed them in the car, not even having the family see them. They're going to want to eat them. So I, I just ate all pounded them. Don't even know if I chewed them, just slammed them all down, bought a second pack. That's the ringer pack. So I brought, I made it look like I went to the store and net, I'm actually bringing home one pack. Then I hit that one, number seven, then offer it to everybody to make it look like, you know, it's a big, well, not everybody, my wife, um, cause the kids can't have candy cause they'll go buck nutty anyways. So yes, I, I hid candy consumption and literally got out of my car in the rain because I was craving carbs so bad because of what I had for dinner. Thoughts? I also really like candy. I have a huge sweet tooth. I have started to make fruit smoothies like blueberry, raspberry, strawberry smoothies at night to try and curve those those cravings. But yeah. Anyway, so that was part one. I'm doing reverse order because I like to talk about, we're always like, oh, what should our intro be? And I I like to try and pick real life as most as possible and and roll it out that way. So in reverse order, I had my group of athletes today and have a new athlete, uh, women's basketball player, and she's a vegan. So anybody that knows me, I have a real hard stance on the vegetarian vegan thing. I am the biggest anti-vegetarian and vegan guy you'll ever meet. Um, not because it doesn't work. It's because most of the people that roll it out don't do it the right way. And... It, it doesn't really help. So for her, we're talking about, cause we talk about food every day in, in the classes, what to eat before, after breakfast, everybody, you know, trying to get them information. And I knew she was vegan. I didn't bring it up because my rule is I don't fuck with that. Uh, if you're a vegan, figure it out on your own. Uh, if you are vegan, typically you should have done a whole bunch of research and you know, the parameters and what to do to food pair to actually make yourself a true vegan. So I don't even like to get into it because I'm so against it. So, but really good athlete, uh, good girl works hard. And I was, I opened the door a little bit and I'm like, why don't we do a little compromise? I'm like, you, uh, you just start eating some fish and some eggs and that's got a name, maybe pescatarian. I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm down with everything else. Why don't we come to a compromise? And uh, she was like, no. And then proceeded to tell me about how the chickens are are basically 
knocked around like you're in the ring with Mike Tyson and all these horrific stories that she saw in documentaries on Netflix. And I, and she was like, I'm not going to support, you know, I don't want to support those businesses. I'm like, but you are supporting the businesses because the grocery stores buy the eggs and sell the eggs and profit off eggs and then buy your shit. That's in the weird aisle that nobody really goes into. And then you buy that. So you're supporting businesses that are any, then you have, you would have to go to like to a vegan only store, the no taste store. And you don't do that anyway. So we're going back and forth. And, and then I was basically, she was persistent and she works hard and she was like, but I want to maximize my genetic potential and my athletic potential. And I'm like, the number one reason why I don't believe athletes should be vegans. If you're a NART man, go do your thing, but you really should, still shouldn't do it anyways. Is because my job is to maximize, you know, somebody's genetic pen- potential and their athletic performance. And through my experience, the best way to do that is to not be vegan. So, and she said, well, why? And then I had to go into level one. I was like, amino acids are most commonly found in, you know, chicken fish, pork, animal products. And there's a lot of things uh, that that are missing if you don't eat any animal products. And it can be done, but it requires you to eat specific foods. You have to really, you have to open up the, uh, the, the basket of varieties of foods to be able to make this happen. So you can't be a vegan and be like, I don't like beans. Shit doesn't work. You can't be a vegetarian and be like, I don't like soy. So what the fuck are you going to do? Eat tortilla chips every day? With that being said, what she had today, because we went over what she had for the day, it did include some small pieces of fruit, tortilla chips, and Oreos. So um, she followed the vegan rules, but that's not really, I mean, riding on Oreos before you go into my training sessions, that's not the most, you know, it's not the best way to fuel yourself. So the big problem is you they're not spending the time, so they're they're half following the rules or three quarters or 25% and they start becoming deficient. So we're not maximizing their, their strength and their power and their body fat composition. If that's plays a role in what they're trying to do, it adds a whole bunch of challenges. And what you get is incomplete, all carb eating, not enough protein situations where we're not, you need, I'm not super high protein guy but there's a base level of, of complete proteins that you need to optimize, you know, the human body to, to move and, and do things the right way and, and build muscle and, you know, and recover. Recovery is huge and recovery takes a hit because of a lot of these things that people are missing out of their diet. So a uh, big anti-vegan guy, don't even really talk to him. Close knit, close, you know, I don't even... A lot of people, it's like, are you vegan? I find that out. I'm not even trying to talk to you. Um, there's a couple a couple uh, exclusions out of that, which is Joanna, who's one of my colleagues, former employees. She's a vegan, but we have a relationship where I could kind of tell her anything. And I'm open about it. And we talk about it because she understands the nutritional side of it. And she does it and she does it better. And I think she's a pescatarian or not a pescatarian, pescatarian. I don't know. She does, I believe, do um, eggs and fish. And those are the important ones. You want to scrap red meat? I'm down with you. Overrated. I mean, I ain't. It's, it's tasty. 
Um, but and, and the inflammatory agents and the hormones that are pumped in, I get it. You want to drop red meat? We're gone. Done. Scrapped. Scrapped. You want to get rid of chicken? I can deal with that. Done with that. They're getting punched like Tyson in the ring right now. They're, they all got concussions. It's okay. Chicken. Scrapped. You like that? Boy, we're basically vegetarians right now. You, you're not taking my eggs. You're not taking my dairy. And you're not taking my fish. I can even, if you really want, I, I will even scrap the eggs. The concussed eggs. I'm done with those. But fish is just, it's huge um, for a variety of reasons. So um, I have decided, and I'm, because I'm just an asshole, I sent her a text and I'm like, so you're, in, you're interested in improving your athletic performance and maximizing your development. And she said, yes. And I said, we are going to go through a, a, a step process. And as long as you are following the things that I say, I will continue to give you more information and I will help your vegetarian ass perform at a higher level. If you do not listen to me, I'm done. So step one, step one is, so you got to get creatine. Now, I picked this one partially because I don't even think we're going to make it past this because there's so much misinformation on creatine and especially children under 18 taking creatine and especially girls taking creatine. You have, That is the trifecta of don't even waste your time, even though they're the ones that ultimately lose if they choose to not take creatine. Why is creatine so important? It's only found in animals, basically. So it's already hard enough to get enough creatine by eating a animal filled nutritional diet. That's why we, we supplement it. So one of the best things or one of the most important groups of people to take creatine are vegetarians and vegans. So, um, that is her number one. So now we got to go to mom. And we got to see what mom's got to say. And it's going to, and hopefully nice woman, well-educated. I'm pretty confident that maybe she'll be okay with it. Um, but just to clear the air, cause it's a hot button for me, creatine, completely healthy, completely safe. There are no side effects outside of an upset stomach. It is the wonder supplement. There's 20 years of research, way too many nerdy lab guys banging out fucking papers, getting master's degrees on creatine. It is the new, a good absorbable creatine, in my opinion, is the new multivitamin. Um, what does it help with? I think we did a podcast on supplements, what works and what doesn't work. You should check that out. But it speeds up recovery time. It helps with body fat composition. They're finding, they're finding that it lowers, uh, or lowers body fat percentage and increases lean mass. Um, and then there's the, the bread and butter is it helps with power development, uh, maximal strength and that those two components are the biggest, most important components in sports. So, uh, I'll keep you posted on if she makes it to level two or not. Uh, but the first step for her or any person that is a vegetarian is to start taking uh, highly absorbable creatine, not the shit from GNC. You can message me. If you want the good stuff.
but do not get it from GNC because it's not absorbable. You have to take 10 times the amount and uh, you'll shit the rest out. So vegans, what are your thoughts on tofu? Do you have any thoughts on tofu? Gross. Um, my wife likes tofu. Can't eat it. Uh, it's okay. So when you look at part of being a vegetarian, there's kind of like these staple things that you should have. And that's soy is one of those things in the category. And the problem with soy is you can Google the problems with soy, excessive amounts of soy. Um, so a little bit of soy is okay, but tofu is basically soy protein. Um, and I can't eat it, man. If you, if you can love yourself some tofu, you can work it in. But if you're a dude and you, and you're smashing bricks of tofu, be prepared to to get a bra because your estrogen levels are going to go through the roof. Going to have some boobies. Yeah. No one wants that. I guess that's, uh, Another thing that no one wants is concussions. And that's how we're going to segue into our main topic today from man boobies to getting hit in the head. Uh, so, I mean, I don't, how else are we going to do it? It's, I don't think there's a way, any other way to, to do it. You went from tofu to boobies to concussions. Well, you went to boobies. Is that supposed to be bleeped out? Are you allowed to say boobies? Yeah, I mean, you, you. I think you said much worse stuff in the first few minutes. Of uh, no, I don't. I don't remember what I said, but well, yeah. Right, well, well, also, kids. When I was in like sixth, seventh grade, kids would walk around with like wristbands that said like "I heart boobies." So if you could do that in like sixth or seventh grade, I'm sure you could say it on the internet. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, we're talking about like man boobs, you know? That's true. And you can, you could go on TV and watch man boobs and all the time and they're not censored out. So that means we are completely okay to talk about it. With that being said, yes, go on. Let's, let's talk about your boy Tua. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him my boy Tua. I'm not really a giant Dolphins fan. I do root for a conglomerate of NFL teams, so I'm not a very loyal guy when it comes to that, but I'm not a Tua, Tua person. But Tua did get rocked uh, two weeks in a row, and it was pretty brutal, but that's just kind of the way things go apparently in the NFL when you know big business is at stake, it seems. Yeah, so, I mean, first off, if anybody didn't see it, the first time he got hit, uh, when he stood up, basically, he showed all the signs and symptoms that he got his bell rung and that he had a concussion, and he fell back down, and, I mean, it was a hard hit. There, I mean, there's an eye test, I feel, sometimes with things, and I know some people get clocked and they're completely fine and other guys are not, but... I mean, it's pretty universal that everybody was like, he got a concussion. And then later on in the game, he came back in um, and finished the game. And then afterwards, you know, everybody was like, so there was once this game finished, there was speculation and people were like, should he really have been sent back in? So there's the standard football TV viewer that sees this and has, you know, their opinion and they're going to hear things in the media. And then there's when I look at something like this happen, 
when I look at something like this that happened, I kind of, I have a different view because I've worked with a lot of athletes and a lot of concussions and I've heard a lot of stories. And for me, it hits different and it's, and it was, it's something that, as I said, that's why I wanted to make it kind of the topic. So the answer is, and when we were supposed to record this podcast a week ago and we got to it a little bit late. So now I wanted to be the guy that projects, you know, the future. And I want to be the first guy to say like, I'm right. Not that I have to be right all the time, but immediately when I saw it and once he went back in the game, I knew how this whole thing was going to develop, not the second concussion, but I knew what would happen if, if he got put in a position to have another concussion. So the answer is, and this is not, you know, this is not a hundred percent fact, but this is my take. He got a concussion and they masked it. He probably did have a back issue, but when he went in there, I mean, this is, it was some Friday night light shit. These guys are hardwired. They, they genetically carry higher testosterone levels and you ha- there's that thing in your brain, dude, to play football, you you have to have that it to be able to want to get your bell rung and have what happened to you and be like, all right, I'm fine. So everybody's always fine. So you can't go by what the person says. And that's why you have your, your independent testers that come in and they're supposed to give you, you know, the best recommendation of what's for your health. And there's no way in hell, like at the high school level, I see guys getting a concussion and it's just like, it's a wrap. Like, and, and depending on what level you play football at, you're always, even at the high school level, you have the guy, I'm fine. There's no problem. I don't have a concussion because everybody wants to play. They want to put out all in the field. It's the nature of the sport, tough guy, blah, blah, blah. But when you see it at this level, it's, it shocked me that you would risk somebody that it, with all this, you have all this money invested into them. And we're talking about a regular season game. And after that game happened, they started an investigation and now things le- is things are leaking out in the media. And now they're talking about, you just said the, whatever, the, one of the independent testers was fired. They're finding problems and discrepancies and shit's going on right now. Now I knew shit was going on the minute that they put him back in the field originally. So they are, there was already shit going on and they are investigating it. They blew the shit under the rug. He goes out there again, this last game and gets hammered to the point in that whole, when these guys get exposed for what they did, it's going to be an absolute shit storm for the NFL, the NFL players association and everything that's going on. He had, he, a, I guarantee you he had a concussion B I guarantee you he wasn't cleared for the concussion going into that next game. And what happens is, when you get a concussion, you have to get to the point where you are medically cleared, signed, symptoms free, and blah, 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 blah. But dudes don't want to miss games. Dudes don't want to lose their jobs. You know, we got to win. We got to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's a billion. Obviously, the NFL is a, you know, billions of dollars business. And, you know, and each organization is billions of dollars. So, um, they put him out there again. He got his bell rocked, and it's a severe, really bad injury coming off of an original concussion that they said wasn't a concussion or he cleared the protocol. And when you come back premature to from a concussion and you get another one, really, really bad things happen. 
So they already, they already marked them out for the week. Um, and I guarantee you, and everybody's like, I can't believe they're, they never get, you know, you know, marked out this or they're declared out this earlier in the, this early in the week. And they did that because they know that there's going to be some big problems that are going to go along with this. This guy's not coming out next week. He ain't coming out in two weeks. He ain't coming out in a month. He is in trouble because I have had this happen to my own players. So now we're going to go into what is what really happens behind, behind the scenes. Um, and feel free to bleep out when I start talking about all this. But I had a college football player that went to and he spent the first two years playing behind a one of the actual one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Now, when he got to his junior year, that was a big void to fill. He was named the starting linebacker and he was X amount of games in maybe the third game and he got a concussion. Um, I believe on special teams and that, no, that was the second one. He got a concussion in the game and he was taken out and then not sure if he went back in, but when he went through his concussion protocol, cause this is, you know, no, it's D one, you know, impression, uh, uh, fancy pants football. So nobody thought anything about it. He goes through the school's concussion protocol and they say, all right, you're, you're playing this game. And he was like, man, I, I'm, I'm still not feeling a hundred percent. Like, I don't know. They're like, you're good. You're good. You're good. So he goes out there again and gets his bell rung. And he, so the answer is he came back premature from uh, a concussion that was never injured. And then you, then he had worse symptoms and they were like, you know, everything is fine and you're okay. And he was like, I mean, it got to the point where basically most of the year, um, he, he, things weren't right. And then he got concerned towards the end of the year. And he said, you know, I talked to my parents about this and we're going to bring in a, our own specialist to test me. He got pulled into a room he got interrogated by the head coach. They said, we keep these things in house. Uh, you're fine. You, you, you passed the concussion protocol. You d- we don't want you bringing in external doctors into this situation. And they, they bullied him to basically to not get another guy in there. So the, the specialist that they brought in on their own did his own testing. And they said, I cannot medically clear you to play football ever again because you could be a vegetable. So the the, the doctors of the, of the the college team, everything was fine. But when they brought in this this impartial person and their analysis, they said that you're still not cleared and we're not going to clear you, and you should probably not play football anymore and you should retire. And that really happened. And what happens is nobody knows that story because when it happened, when I wanted to talk about it, he was still in college and even post, you you never know. I don't want to get sued by, so I don't want to deal with that shit right now. I got other shit to deal with. But they were fine with him being a vegetable uh, is because it meant that he was able to go out there and play 
to continue to make the school money. So the end result is, so everything comes out in the paper that he, uh, he voluntarily is leaving the team. I'm trying to get the exact wordage that they used because of injury, because of injury, he voluntarily retired from the school. So they created their own, you know, scenario and patched it up and they paid for his school for the rest of four years. And no one knows the story and nobody's taking anybody to the court. Nobody's getting exposed. And it happened. I'm not a creative storyteller. Um, and it's bullshit. So the reason why I think that Tua is done, not only for this week, but, you know, he's not coming back this year. The good news is Ned could be wrong, and we're going to find out. But when you don't recover from a concussion, the, the process after the second concussion takes a long time. Um, and it's different for everybody. Now, whether that means four to six weeks or four to six months, it could take four to six months for his brain to recover. So you're going to see it all come out because the good news is the NFLPA is going to go through and they're, they're going to do a whole bunch of looking into this because they're all about guys and protecting guys and not having them get CTE, which we're seeing all the time in these professional football players that are killing people and killing themselves. And it's wreaking havoc on, on their life. And which is glad I don't have a son that's going to play football, but I mean, actually it doesn't matter because women's soccer has just the same or even a higher concussion rate than uh, there's a fun fact for you than football. So I think it's going to be a mess and I hope it all gets uncovered and exposed because it's not right because it goes back to testosterone and money unfortunately sometimes are used in the decision making process and that doesn't give you know the best advice and and recommendation for the person the most important thing is for the person to get healthy and you know dudes are tough guys and they're always they're not going to make a rational decision and when you start to look at all the other people's making the decisions and who's influencing them. It all ultimately comes down to money. It's a business. All you hear me say on this, on this podcast is it's a business and that's not fair to the player. So, and you can't go by what the player says because they're always good. If I had a dollar for every football player that says, I'm good, let's go back in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look great. I have kids walk up to me, Ned, man, I just got a concussion, man. <laughs> and then they'll go back in. Yeah. I think a, almost every football player has probably had a experience or at least knows someone who has had an experience with it. I remember we were playing a, a team in high school and at halftime, one of our linemen had like a mental breakdown and started puking in the bushes. Uh, and that he was definitely concussed. That was bad. He didn't go back in the game, but he also just led with his head all the time, but he also didn't hit that hard, so he would just get lit up, sticking his head out in front, and that's just not a an efficient way to play the game of football. But I, I've had a decent experience with concussions as well, and one of the things that I liked when I started training with you is there's actually some kind of 
concussion prevention or, you know, kind of maintenance prehab work that we actually do in the gym there to, you know, kind of stave off concussions. Yeah. Um, so I call it injury prevention or concussion prevention. Look, you can't hundred percent prevent a concussion from occurring, but you know, first thing is your size generally what I found plays a role. Super skinny guys uh, are more likely to get concussed than big guys. Um, So the general gaining weight everywhere is going to help on every front, whether it's, you know, the knees and the hips and, and just the the whole contact component of the game. Um, What you're talking about is we do, we do neck work. So, um, if you're concussed, some people call concussion prevention, a whole bunch of shrugs like Yukon, where they had my athletes doing eight variations of shoulder shrugs. So they had traps up to their earlobes. Um, but it didn't help with concussions because you can have the biggest traps ever. But when you look at what usually happens, it's your neck flexors, extensors, lateral flexors, um, so we strengthen the neck. So if you look at it, it was a running joke because I had whatever, five to seven years ago, you know, four or five genetic freaks and we would do all this neck work. And every time they would go in for prom, they're like, yeah, I'm at an 18 inch neck now. Yeah, I'm at a 19 inch neck. They would flex their necks and come up with all these snazzy rhymes about, you know, whatever football players talk about and necks and girls and whatever. Um, but they... But we addressed it and and it worked well. I mean, with if you look at those athletes with the biggest, fattest, strongest necks, um, all of them except for the funny thing is the one guy, uh, one out of those five is the one of the story that I'm telling. But most of them, yes, they all got concussions, um, but it was they got less of them in high school. And you could say it's a speed of play game or whatever, but they're, they're very durable and, you know, my concussion prevention is basically strengthening all areas and aspects of the, of the neck from an isometric to eccentric, concentric, uh, rotational, just to make it more durable. So when it does happen, you know, we're just trying to reduce the risk, um, cause we can't, you know, prevent it completely, but it's something that we do with our, I had to start doing these exercises with my soccer players. So I train more males, uh, just because of the nature of sports performance for my job. But recently I started getting it's waves. Like some, you know, there's periods of time where I have 30 lax bros and there was a period of time where I had all football players, a period of time I had all baseball players. And there's always just these waves. And I got to the period, I got to a certain period where I had a whole bunch of college soccer girls and uh and they would come in one girl had to retire because she couldn't get medically cleared because she could have been a vegetable if she went out there and got one more concussion she was getting to the point where she would just be whatever drinking on the weekends and she would slip and get a concussion i worked with a guy who played football sacred heart university and he would go through and not play football anymore and he just, it was the weekend, Monday, you tell your story. Hey man, what'd you do today? Oh, I got another concussion. I'm like, 
dude, you got to stop playing. He's like, I wasn't playing football. I was, I was drinking and I was, I was at the beach and I slipped and fell on a rock and bang, bango. And then one time he, he was just like going to the kitchen and he bumped his head on the side of the whatever got a concussion. So I don't even know what his brain looks like right now. So, but yeah, soccer players, I ended up, so my women's soccer team, I was doing, you know, neck work. Uh, but the purpose of it was to try and, you know, reduce the risk. But once one, when you get somebody at college, it gets to the point where she, her brain was already toast. She probably had four, four or five concussions, six concussions before I met her. So soccer players actually have, I don't know if it's the highest risk. It might be, you could Google it, but, um, so yeah, we try and do as much as we can, but it's just, it's a tough thing and it's not going away because they're not changing the game enough you know, especially the NFL, nobody, what are you going to, you know, they're, it's not going to be two hand touch, you know, but it's a tough situation. But when you don't have professionals that are, that, that don't have skin in the game and money in the game or careers on, on the line, it, it really has to be on them to make the right, you know, it takes a real straight shooter to, to have that type of job. Cause you're messing with literally somebody's life. Um, so I hope everything goes okay for him and I hope everyone gets exposed and buried and somebody should sue somebody for just millions of dollars and donate it to the national fucking con- concussion fund. You know, they got all types of that shit out there. So take all the money and put it into research and learn a lesson, to, you know, of have some sort of honesty. Hey, if I'm wrong, I completely apologize. Apology. I was wrong. We'll, it's going to play out. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I had the privilege of getting to go to one of the better concussion doctors in Connecticut when I was playing in high school and, and got a couple concussions. And one thing that is interesting, it was kind of rough, one of the ones that I got. And we did something called cocoon therapy where he just kind of locked me in a dark room for about 10 days. So there's no brain, you know, activity going on to try and help my brain recover. So that was super fun. Did that work? I mean, well. That had to be miserable. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. I, I, I would get to come out for food, but I'd wear sunglasses and my parents would turn out all the lights. Because they were afraid of me seeing light. I, I also had to do vision corrective therapy for about three months for this concussion. And, vestibular training. Huh? Vestibular training. There's physical therapy for your brain. Yeah, probably. Yep. It was. No, there is. Well, no, I mean, I was seeing double. I couldn't. Oh. Yeah. So, no. So, like, if, you know, the doctor would be like, you know, Here's a pencil. It'd be ten feet away. It'd be like, you know, how many pencils do you see? I'd be like, well, I see two, and yeah. So that happened for for quite some time. And so you didn't. So you didn't get physical therapy for your brain. You got tested to show that your brain is scrambled eggs. Yeah, they gave me a computer program. Like they gave me something to install on the computer 
and then kind of like 3D glasses to put on. And I would have to do about two hours a night of this this kind of therapy of trying to like focus to make the thing, you know, two dots into one and two lines into one. And yeah, really riveting stuff. But I actually wound up taking a pen and paper into that concussion test. It was the impact test. It's what they give you. And they give you like symbols and signs and words to remember. Remember the, so I just jotted down all the, the symbols and wrote down all the words because I was tired of failing. They told me if I failed again, I wouldn't be able to play contact sports. So I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. That's that testosterone component going in. You sound like me. I used to go to the eye doctor. I didn't want to get glasses. So I'd go in and I would memorize the chart. And then when it was time to do it, I would already have it memorized and just say, well, man, 2020. And then when I had to go get my license, I opted to, uh, I would look in and squint and try and make my eyes water to clear everything up. And then I would read them. And then when I got down to the line that says basically of do you need glasses or not, and they're like, what? And I would just mumble it over and over and over again. And they're like, sir, I need you to speak clearly. ACGBB. Yeah. And they would just give up <laughs> and they would be like, all right, man, you're good. I'm like, nice. No restrictions. So I did that for like 98, 2002, 2006, and 10. And then when I moved out here, for some reason, I don't think I've my eyes have been tested. But I mean, a little bit different of a scenario. But I'm always down with beating a test like you are. But the difference is, I guess they both could kill you. But my, my eyes are all right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you your, know, and your brain's all right. Yeah, so at good. the end of the day, we're, we're fine here. Um, yeah. And yeah, I do love the other thing too is, well, the doctor said it's not the first hit that gets you. It's if you get hit again after that first hit, that's where you're in the danger zone. And And too soon. Yep. Just back too soon. And that's the thing with Tua. Like I took a pretty bad hit and it was towards the end of the game, but I kind of fudged my way on a, a... you know, protocol thing. And the protocol was weird is count backwards by seven, starting with a hundred. And I told the the trainer, I just said straight up, I said, I can't do that. I'm bad at math. Like we can't I said, okay, say the alphabet backwards. I said, I don't drink. I, I I'm not an alcoholic. I have not memorized the alphabet backwards. What are we doing? And he just kind of looked at me and said, all right, um, you know, I guess hop on one leg and, you know, touch your, your nose. I said, my balance is awful. It can't, can't be doing it. And he said, all right, well, you know, give me these like three words that I asked you remember when we started. I was like, all right, here you go. And I just ran off and he was like, all right, I guess we're, we're good there. But sometimes that's all you have to do to beat the concussion test. Like, I wonder what they did to Tua to say, oh, you know, in the first hit, if he even went into concussion protocol or if he was just like, oh, it's not my head, it's really my back. And they said, oh, you're not concussed then. Yeah, they probably said, what's your name? Tua. How old are you? Fucking 33. He's good. 
I don't know. As I said, I completely apologize and take everything back if I'm wrong. But my money is betting on a concussion the first time around. Not enough recovery for the second time around. And his season is done. And I need to, I already put a trade out to get Teddy Bridgewater. This is insensitive. I apologize, but I'm in two high stakes fantasy football leagues. And one of them's a super, uh, super quarter, uh, two quarterback league. And I had Trey Lance and he's out for the season because of an ACL. I'm in desperate need of a quarterback. It's looked at and profiled in the media. Like he's going to be out a couple weeks. And I know if I can grab him, I'm going to have a quarterback for the whole year. So I just sent a trade over. And I'm hoping that I could snag Teddy because Tua's not coming back. Sorry, buddy. I mean, it's going to be a while. We'll find out. Yeah. No, I guess we will. Well, I don't think there's really anything else on the docket for this episode of the NES Experience. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast. I'm afraid to ask if there's anything else that you want to add to this podcast episode or not. So, is there anything else you want to add to this podcast, Ned? Has there ever been anything that I ever wanted to add to this podcast? I feel like maybe one time there might have been. But I can't I can't remember the episode that, that it would have been on. No, man, I'm good. Uh, Thank you for sharing your time with me on this fine tuesday evening yeah well it is a tuesday evening actually before this started we saw judge hit his 60 second home run so that was a good time for me at least but thanks for tuning into this episode and we will see you guys in two weeks